question. Do you have any daily routines? Things you do every day, maybe at a certain time, maybe in a certain place. Do you have any daily routines? Probably we all do. You know, one of our routines is each morning, whoever is the first one downstairs, Marsha or myself, will put on a pot of coffee. We'll have a cup of coffee there in the living room. Uh, before Christmas, and actually we've still been doing this since Christmas, we would uh, turn on the Christmas lights in the living room. Our tree is still up. Uh, put a re- Christmas record on the record player. Put a, uh, a fireplace video on the, the television, and it would be nice and cozy there in the living room for our cup of coffee in the morning. So that was one of our daily routines. We won't continue that all throughout the year. Eventually, probably this week, we'll take down our... Christmas tree. I don't know. It's really up to Marcia what she wants to do about that. Uh, Daily routines, though. We probably have a few, you know, if you have kids, uh, getting the kids ready for school, making the lunches, all of that. Uh, That's a daily routine. Uh, I have an app on my, my phone. It's called Reminders. Anybody use the Reminders app on the, uh, iPhone? There's probably a similar app on Android phones. But uh, just looking, I won't read all of my reminders to you. But uh, one of them is take medication. This is actually why I started using this app because I'm supposed to take a pill each day and I kept forgetting to do it. So I decided I needed a reminder. So at uh, 6.15 every morning, there's a notification on my phone to take medication. There's one to read Bible, to pray, a few others, uh, but it's a handy app, simple app. Uh, it's not a commercial for the Reminders app, but uh, those are a few daily routines that I want to make sure I do, so I put them in the app so that I'll get a reminder to do them. And, you know, not all of these routines are that important, But our daily routines, and this is really the the main point of this series, our daily routines impact our spiritual growth. You know, maybe having a coffee every morning doesn't, though maybe if I didn't get a coffee, I'd be grumpier throughout the day, I don't know. But thinking of those ones like like reading your Bible, uh, prayer, This is not a daily one, but a weekly one, making sure we're at our church gathering for worship, for fellowship. Uh, These are our routines that impact our spiritual growth. So as we begin a new year, 2024, would you resolve to develop or maybe continue daily routines that will lead to your spiritual growth? 
I do believe that our daily routines impact our spiritual growth. Now, these routines that I'm talking about that lead to spiritual growth, they're known as spiritual disciplines. And there are several. I want to keep it to those that are uh, really talked about in Scripture because you could say really anything is a spiritual discipline. But, you know, the popular ones, the ones that are most known are uh, Bible reading. You know, you could add Bible memorization, meditating on God's Word, uh, journaling God's Word, prayer, of course. Uh, We'll get to some of these, uh, this series. Today, really, I want to talk about the importance of these daily routines and what the goal is, and then we'll look at them uh, in more practical ways in the next few weeks. But the spiritual disciplines, I believe, and we don't want to be legalistic with this and say you have to do this at a certain time and read your Bible a certain amount of time and, and pray like this exactly, but the spiritual disciplines need to become daily routines or regular routines in our lives. Now, Lance read from 1 Timothy chapter 4. If you're still there, we're going to be mainly in verses 7 and 8 as we start this series. And really, the key, the key verse, or really the key statement, not even the whole verse, is found in 1 Timothy 4 verse 7. Verse 7, where the Apostle Paul tells Timothy Train yourself for what? For godliness. Train yourself for godliness. So that's the key verse. It's only the part of the verse, verse 7, but that's the key verse for this series. Train yourself for godliness. So you look at that verse. There's something that comes before it. He says to Timothy, have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Now, I don't know exactly what Paul was talking about here. Timothy knew. But obviously, these things are things that shouldn't occupy the time of a Christian. Now, you might apply it to things that perhaps aren't necessarily wrong, like is the first thing you do every morning is Look for all the silly videos you missed the day before and and spend a half hour doing that. The first thing, uh, first part of your day. Nothing wrong with silly videos, but, uh, you know, that's not to be the priority in our daily routines. Um, But if you want to spend some time throughout the day doing that, you know, I won't say that's wrong. But it, it shouldn't take away from us training for Godliness. This, this kind of training that, that Paul is talking about, what he's thinking about is the training of an athlete. To train for godliness like an athlete trains. Now, how does, how does an athlete train? What does that look like for an athlete to, to train? Think of a, an athlete training in hopes of winning an Olympic gold medal. You know, what does his or her training look like? Do they train whenever they feel like it? No, they train pretty much uh, every day. Almost every day, I would think, they'd be in the gym, they'd be constantly practicing, 
uh, their sport. It's, it's a daily thing. It's a, a thing that consumes their, their life. And so, so Paul is thinking about an athlete. That's where that word train comes from, exercising. And so he wants Timothy to think of how athletes train, the dedication, the hard work, and he wants him to train himself for godliness in, in that sort of way. You know, to go to your favorite spot for Bible reading or prayer or journaling, whatever discipline, uh, that is the spiritual equivalent to going to a gym and using a weight machine or a treadmill. You're, you're training yourself, not physically, but training yourself for godliness. And so that's what Paul wants Timothy to do here. Now notice this isn't a suggestion for, for Timothy. He doesn't say, Paul doesn't say, well, you know, if you have enough time, you might want to consider doing this. You know, if it's not too much trouble, maybe once in a while it would be good for you to train yourself for godliness. That's not what Paul is, is saying. He's not giving uh, Timothy a suggestion uh, he's not saying this is something you might want to do occasionally. Uh, I think it's implied here that this is a, a regular thing, even a daily thing. Train yourself for godliness. Now you might think, well, is this really applicable to us? Because there are some differences, obviously, between Timothy and, and most of us. Uh, Timothy, we've gone through 1 Timothy a couple years ago and 2 Timothy just before uh, Christmas, so we might be a little bit aware of the context of Paul's second letter, or first letter and second letter to, to Timothy. Timothy was, you could say, a church leader. He was in, at this time, the church at Ephesus. He wasn't technically the pastor, but he had a pastoral role in the church. Paul had left him there to deal with some trouble in the church. There was, there was false teaching, and so Timothy was a leader in that church. And you might say, well, for Timothy not to be godly, that, was, uh, that has greater consequences than the average person in the church at Ephesus. So you might want to argue, well, this is really applicable for, for, for Timothy and not for me. But really, this isn't the only place you find the word godliness in Scripture or other terms or metaphors that are similar that mean pretty much the same thing. So what we see in Scripture, and really, what is godliness? Well, just basically to be godly is to live the way that God wants us to live. And so we know that's for not just people like Timothy, but for us all. And so I think we can apply this, should apply this, this statement, train yourself for godliness uh, to each of our lives, that this is something for all of us, not just for someone like Timothy. It's not just a suggestion. It's not just something we might consider doing or might uh, occasionally do, but this is something that is to be a priority in our lives, to train ourselves for godliness, to, to live the way that God wants us to live. Now, we need to make sure we understand that the spiritual disciplines are not the goal. The goal in the Christian life is not to be a prolific Bible reader. That's not the goal. The goal is not to be someone who spends hours in prayer. I'm not saying these are things we shouldn't, uh, shouldn't uh, 
desire to do, but the goal is not to memorize hundreds of Bible verses. These are things, if we could do them, would be great to do. But, but that's not the goal of the Christian life. The New American Standard Bible says, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. So that's the goal, the purpose of the Christian life, godliness, to be the kind of people that, that God wants us to be, to be godly. The purpose is, the goal is godliness. So you think of the, the spiritual disciplines as, as not the end or not the goal, but the means to an end. The goal is godliness, or we might say spiritual growth. We might say Christ-likeness. These are other ways to understand what it means to be godly. Actually, you don't find the word godliness or godly too often in the New Testament. Uh, it's most often found in 1 Timothy. I believe it's found once in 2 Timothy, once in Titus, few times in 2 Peter, maybe three times, and also once in the book of Acts. So it's not often found in, in Scripture, but there are other terms or, or concepts that, that really mean the same thing. To be godly means to be like Christ. Maybe we'd like to think of that uh, Christ-likeness or, or just spiritual growth, growing to spiritual maturity, which really means to uh, be like Christ. So, so this is the goal. So spiritual disciplines, you know, being disciplined, training ourselves, reading God's word, uh, studying it, uh, fellowshipping, worshiping with other believers, uh, taking scripture in, meditating upon it, prayer. These are all things that help us to, to be more like Christ, that lead to growth spiritually. So the spiritual disciplines are meant to lead us toward that goal. They are means to an end. The end or the goal is spiritual growth or godliness, Christ-likeness. Now, why do Christians struggle to make the spiritual disciplines daily routines? Why do we struggle? Well, I know that spiritual disciplines isn't something found in Scripture. It's not a word or term we use to describe these things. But within that word itself, we have the word discipline. Now, is discipline easy? No. You know, that's why we often fail to keep those New Year's resolutions. Because these things are, are hard to do. It's, it's hard to be... Uh, disciplined in areas that we, we, we struggle with. It's not easy. And, and when you really think about it, if you think about it as, as godliness being Christ-likeness, should we expect it to be easy to be like Christ? I don't think we should expect it to be easy. Just like it's not easy to be an Olympic gold medalist. That takes a lot of discipline, a lot of dedication, a lot of hard work. Now, it's not exactly the same, of course, uh, to train ourselves for, for godliness, but uh, it is true that it is not easy for us 
or most of us, I should say, uh, to, be, to be disciplined in these areas, to make these spiritual disciplines daily or regular or weekly routines in our lives. So spiritual growth comes through discipline. It'd be nice if it were just easy. Marcia and I have tried to, in the past, uh, get on a regular routine of, of jogging. And uh, she's someone who, who says, well, I'm just going to go when I feel like it. The problem with me is I never feel like it. So it doesn't really work out too well. Uh, because sometimes she does really feel like going jogging, but I never feel like doing it. So we're not really on the same page that way. And I don't enjoy it at all. And that's probably why I've never really stuck to that sort of thing. Uh, I do have... I do have uh, It's not in my reminders app, but I do have uh, uh, all sorts of checklists, and I have a to-do app, and, you know, I have uh, exercise or workout, and, you know, it's it's a chore. It's something, you know, to be honest, if it's on the list of things to do, I dread it the entire day. And uh, if I do it, I feel so good that I got that over with. Um, So... You know, I have, I, have a, I have a note where I have this, this big uh, health and fitness plan, and I haven't been very good at doing it the last couple of months. But, you know, you know eat a certain way, uh, make sure I go to the gym at least four times a week, and all of this. But the problem with, you know, the reason why I'm not always dedicated to that is because it's not easy for me. I never really feel like doing those things. I'd rather, you know, have a snack before bedtime, or I'd rather, you know, just stay home and not go to the gym. It's hard. So, you know, the spiritual disciplines are similar in that for most of us, they're difficult. Maybe we don't want to admit that, but it's not always easy to take the time to read God's Word, or uh, maybe it's at least for me, it's even more difficult to take that time to, to spend in prayer or do other things that, that take time. Like if you're journaling through a word, uh, scripture or through prayer, uh, if you're doing something like that, you know, coming to church, fellowshipping, worshiping, you know, it's easier not to come most times, uh, depending on, you know, your situation. So spiritual growth is difficult because it, it requires discipline. You know, it can't be just when I feel like it for most of us because it's easier to do other things. So you can't drift toward spiritual majority, just like a, an athlete can't drift toward athletic success. You know, these athletes, most of them are naturally talented, but even, that, even them, they put in the hard work, uh, they're training, they're watching what they're eating, most of them at least. Uh, they're, uh, as I said, working out, going to the gym, doing all of this, practicing. They're not just drifting toward athletic success, and we can't expect to, to, to drift toward spiritual maturity. Now, what should be our motivation? Well, I don't believe that guilt is the right motivation. I believe that we should be convicted when we're not living up to what God uh, has for us in his word. So there should be conviction, but guilt itself is not uh, really the best motivation. You know, if we have the Holy Spirit within us, if we're a child of God, then we have these, these what you might call holy hungers or desires. Um, 
maybe you experienced this in your life where uh, you became a Christian, the Spirit of God came within you at some point in your life. You know, I was a child when I was saved, so I didn't really experience this, but maybe you experienced uh, going from not really having any desire to read God's Word or be like Christ to really having that holy hunger given to you from the Holy Spirit. So, so if you're a Christian, you, you do have the desire to, to have this discipline and you have the desire to read God's Word and pray and do all of these things so that you might be like Jesus. So... The right motivation isn't saying I'm a bad Christian for reg- I'm not regularly reading my Bible. For example, I need to be a better Christian. Uh, instead, we should say, uh, we should look to the positive and say, I want to be like Jesus. You know, that's my desire. So I'm going to train myself to reach that goal. Not that we'll ever fully reach that goal, but we're to go toward that goal of, of, of knowing Christ more, being like him more. And so really, instead of just feeling guilt, we should look for that inspiration. We should look for that positive uh, approach of, of wanting uh, what the Holy Spirit has put within us, this desire to be like Christ. So we've begun with the goal. The goal is godliness, spiritual growth, Christ-likeness. That's, that's our goal. And so the rest of the series will uh, we'll consider various ways we can train ourselves so that we might reach that goal. I'll end with this question to think about as we, as I mentioned, you know, as we all know, this is a time that a lot of people make New Year's resolutions and, you know, often they have to do with finances, getting out of debt, uh, you know, organizing the home, uh, eating better, more healthy, uh, exercising more, um, these non-spiritual resolutions, which, which are, I think, good. Nothing wrong with these resolutions. These are good things. But let's say that you were given the option, the choice. You would be, at the end of 2024, guaranteed success in one of these areas, either health and fitness, finances, whatever your resolution is, that you would be guaranteed to get to 100% success level at the end of 2024, or you would be so much more like Christ than you are right now. Which option would you choose? Would you choose to be successful in that New Year's resolution, or would you choose godliness? You know, instantly we want to say, I'd choose godliness, but really is not that easy of a choice, I think, at least for me, because there's some things that I've struggled to do for so many years and, and failed, and to have success would be really good. But are we valuing these things above uh, what our purpose should be as, as Christians to be like Christ in this world. And we're to be cr- like Christ, not to be just like Christ and that's the end, but obviously to, to be a witness and, and, and to help others, encourage others and all of that. But what would you choose? Something to think about as uh, we go into 
another week. Will you resolve to develop daily routines that will lead to your spiritual growth?